0: So do you prefer and or Ryan or do you not care?
1: Uh, I don't care. I, it used to be kind of weird to be referred to by my first name online, but now I don't care.
2: <laughs> yeah, I usually try and call people by their screen names, but after so long of role playing, eventually everyone just ends up being their first name. And also in this group, I call everyone yeah. else by their actual first name because I know them all in person. <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: there's that, and also Andeal and Andy. I feel like it can also get kind of confusing, maybe. <laughs> true. Uh,
0: maybe You want to call me Andeal That way it might be a little easier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, and then I'll be Andy. And that'll be really easy to remember. The,
0: the contradiction will make it.
3: <laughs> we started calling Scott Silent D, if you want to call him that.
1: Silent D. We. Sneaky, sneaky D.
2: Both because or if
3: anyone refers to him as silent D, it's Scott.
2: Both because Jorbus has a silent D, and because <laughs> Scott don't say too much.
4: <laughs> I just laugh.
2: That's about it. <laughs> but we appreciate that. We need that validation from you. <laughs>
4: Scott
0: brings it when it's time to play. Your last character was... Uh... Awesome, that was a really good campaign too.
4: Yeah, it was fun. I that last game was super exciting. <laughs> it was crazy.
0: Yeah, definitely one of my uh, my favorite sessions. I mean, that was just a, it was hilarious the way things went. It was so unexpected.
2: It was fun, but I'm happy to be back in Fantasyland where I belong. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I like old better than space.
2: Me too. Yeah, Julie talked about that a lot. Um,
0: how she felt like she had a harder time improvising
2: with space. I feel that. I completely feel that.
0: Where I was just like, yeah, my robot moves the pistons quicker in the spaceship. Spaceships have pistons.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't just know tech jargon. That feels like it would make it so much easier if I just knew, like, basic. And also, I'm just, I like sci-fi, but I'm not paying attention to the shit they're saying.
2: Agreed. And also, for me, as a game master, it's more a matter of scope. The scope becomes so much larger. Like we're dealing with one country right now which is already a large scope but it like has the same theme everywhere which is like it's a desert sand place but every single fucking planet and city is has its own theme and scope in sci-fi like the scope of a planet is so much bigger and then you add multiple planets in there it's hard for me to grasp like the reality of the place you know
3: yeah, like, I had mentioned to you, Charlie, like, it's if you say, like, there's a church in the middle of a desert. I'm like, okay, got it. Like, I can put myself there. And that's so important for me when I play is, like, to be there because mm-hmm. I have to see it. But, like, I remember we were playing and there were these bikes, like, hover bikes or something. And I kept being like, yeah, I put a stick in this book. And you're <laughs> like, they don't have spokes. Like, I get what you mean, but, like, there's not that. <laughs> like, it's hovering.
2: There's no wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody's back yep i think so back okay i'm i'm eating pizza one second Ooh. what flavor I was waiting pizza for
3: it to be pizza i knew you were gonna have pizza tonight
2: signature pepperoni Signature Pep. I should, I should have fucking just said Signature <laughs> Pep. I know, dude. The classic. Don't you know me by now?
5: The classic Pags?
2: Yep, that's right. To me, yeah. this is the most Pags flavored pizza that Pags has. We order it like every time
0: now. It's ridiculous.
5: It, you, I feel like the good. Signature Pep and the Joe's Special are the most Pags pizzas. I
2: completely agree. But,
5: but the Joe's Special is like uh, it's,
2: a, it's a lot
5: deep yeah
2: also I worked at PAGS for years so the Joe special makes me really sad because I knew Joe Brizana really well I don't know if you guys know the guy that that's named after died very tragically and very young like a few years ago
5: oh no no I didn't
2: know that yep really sad Joe Brezana it was his pizza he was the I most I will honor him he was the most crass human I've ever met in my life <laughs> But I did love him.
0: Did he have the pizza name for him before he died?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It became the Joe the Joe Special because that was like what he made himself, but it's such a good, like, uh, kind of different version of a Supreme Pizza that the owners put it on the menu.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: It is really good.
5: Very cheesy. Mm-hmm.
2: The signature, very meaty. the signature pep is also crazy cheesy it's got so much cheese
0: mm-hmm. it's got so much parm on it oh that parm
2: I know earlier when it was like hot and fresh and I just got it this has never happened to me before <laughs> I took a bite of it and like a jet of grease like squirted out of it directly up my nostril like it hit my sinus <laughs> it was oh fucked oh up dude. <laughs> it, it had me like choke I was like <laughs> 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 it, like really fucked me up. Like hot grease shot up my nose. It was the weirdest thing. But it's a very greasy pizza because there's a lot of pepperoni and cheese on it.
3: I really thought you were just gonna say like, "Oh, I gagged on the mozzarella because it was so hot." And <laughs> no. not at all. Did I expect no greasy degrees.
2: nose? It really? fucked it fucked me up, but it also felt weirdly good.
3: <laughs> I feel like I need that right now.
2: A hot jet of grease up your nose?
3: Yeah, after being sick, like I need something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just think about you taking a bite of greasy
0: pizza and be like, "Oh fuck yeah!" <laughs> like, I kind of was like, her she's her
5: like try. wringing it out into her nose.
4: It goes good for a uh, hangover. A you know, hot jet of grease up your nose. <laughs> That's
2: what I always. <laughs> Uh, It moisturizes your your nasal cavity and also gives you a little grease in your stomach to help pad the alcohol. It's delicious. Straight up delicious.
3: Jalapeno bacon is a really good pizza.
2: Mmm. One thing I like about PAGS, every once in a while, rarely, but every once in a while we go with uh, a pizza with Alfredo instead of pizza sauce. And then broccoli because they have broccoli as a topping and chicken. It's like a chicken alfredo pizza. It's really good. Mm. Mm. Don't get any ideas, Becky.
3: <laughs> it, I think it sounds so good. It,
2: it's really fucking good.
3: Jesus weed or whatever. Broccoli. It's
2: right. an abomination. <laughs> broccoli and pizza is bomb.
3: Agree okay.
0: That's, I, I don't want to get into this conversation. Oh, one other thing.
2: (laughs) One other thing. Lauren is really, really disappointed that none of the pizza places around here, although she loves them because we have really good pizza here, none of them offer meatball as a topping, but that's like a a New York pizza thing, and we have, you know, obviously we have Chicago-style pizza for the most part here, um she's very disappointed and like instead they just offer like unseasoned ground beef like
3: that's (laughs) i hate that yeah it's Uh, in springfield has a the best meatball pizza it's like they do like onion and pepper and Mm. meatballs like cut in half uh if you come to springfield you've got to get a sapudos and always well done all pizza order well done though
2: yeah i um well usually at quattro's you don't have to because they naturally do a well done pizza which is awesome And the signature pep comes well done because they burn the cheese onto the crust. That's like an important part. The pan burns the edge of the crust with cheese. Mmm.
3: I want that. Amazing.
2: All right. Enough pizza talk. Now that you're all hungry.
3: Wizard <laughs> <laughs> talk over, pizza talk over.
2: <laughs> this has been this week's Pizza Corner. Um. Let's talk about... Can we talk about characters? I know it's a little early for everyone to have, like, solid backstories, but if we could get some of the basics down, that'd be, that'd be cool. I don't know if we're gonna get a test battle in this session, but that's okay. We'll work it out next time. But we'll kind of go through, I'll ask each of you a little about your character one by one. If you don't have an answer for every question, that is totally fine but it'll help everyone else get introduced. And we'll talk about how maybe your characters know each other. Uh, And we can decide as a group how we want to do this. But one thing I was thinking, we usually start these campaigns, especially like level one campaigns, like none of you know each other or maybe one or two of you know each other, but for the most part, you're a new group who's just meeting. So we can either go that route. I can come up with a good reason for you to all be together, which I'm happy to do or for change we can do a little work and world building to figure out maybe a previous adventure that some of you have had together and then we can start in media res where we just jump right into the action and you're already a group with a small amount of history. Mhm. Your call. It's worked well in the past. I've done it with some other groups where we like figure out one adventure you've had together already and just like talk about the basics of that adventure I think the exercise would be fun enough where I'm I mean I think that'd be fun to do it's just not, come help with that adventure you know it's nice and it kind of skips the meeting in a tavern scene so you can just like kind of jump right into a story
4: yeah, yeah that sounds no good yeah, let's try it out
2: okay well let's first go through each character real quick so I can make my little log of details, and so you each get a little idea about each person's character. I'm just going to go left or right across my, my bottom board of avatars here. We have Benjamin. What's Ben? Does Benjamin have a last name? Avatar. Oh, yeah, I should know that. And his class is illusionist, right? I'm an illusionist. Cool. So the first thing I usually ask is your background. If you could just do your background in one or two sentences for now. It doesn't have to be super deep. We can get into it more later. But, you know, your background should be what you used to do and then how you became an illusionist because you're a budding illusionist. You're you're new at this.
0: Right. So uh, Benjamin is a recent um, college dropout, um, although he will call himself a graduate. Um, but he's a recent college dropout because he was using his illusion skills to make it appear as if he were uh, doing higher-level spells in order to get more knowledge and get access to stuff he wasn't ready for. Um, and so were you expelled went, or were you dropped out? I, I guess I was expelled. Um, cool. But, you know,
2: from Hargrave University.
0: Yep. And then Benjamin grew up in, um, a Night Lantern cult. Uh, he, his grandfather was banished when he was a boy, um, because he used magic in front of the cult, uh, which he was not, uh, authorized to do, only the elders could use magic, and so he had a magic ability, and he used it to save his grandson, and then, um. Benjamin is always kind of looking for information on that, too, because I kind of figured it was such a hectic time after the the Ravens went away that people don't really know what was going on in that period, but I'm open to oh, yeah, whatever that's, happened. That's
2: or. something we didn't talk about much, like what people's explanations are, what mo- the accepted idea is. I, I mean, no one knows for sure, of course, but I'm sure people are pointing fingers at plenty of things. I mean some of the stuff that happened at the rimspire was pretty public right with malik and everything
0: yeah i think so i think there'd be some people who had the truth but i think there would also be a lot of incorrect rumors because of people's biases like any situation where there's no communication you know so it's all eyewitness accounts and what people wrote um and then That gets kind of telephone gamed, and in a time where uh, information is severely disrupted, I just think there'd be a lot of incorrect assumptions and mistruths and rumors about it. Yeah, I think it's. Go ahead.
3: I was going to say, maybe some people get confused. The Eld also happened at that same time. So, like, there's people who think it had something to do with the Eld as well.
2: Yeah, because the golden barge, like, crawled across the sands, right, out to the ocean. Yes, at the end. People could blame it on that. A massive boat with legs crawling through the desert and disappearing into the ocean out of nowhere. I was going to say, I think a lot of people might also blame it uh, on the Arcanists in the Ark War. They were experimenting with portals and new weapons and things like that up north for their war. And around the same time that a lot of big explosions, one of them particularly at a magic university in... Runewood, Rinmar area. There was like a terrorist attack essentially in one of their big mage schools. Could be blamed on that as well. Okay, so back to Benjamin real quick. Recently expelled uh, from Hargrave University for faking magical powers above his ability using illusions. He was born and raised for a while in, was it Grimdune? It was Grimdune. Uh... Why did he leave there and make his way to the mage university? Was it looking for his grandfather? Yeah, I think the imprint of seeing his grandfather use
0: magic and knowing that he also was born on the same moon and had the ability, like, I think he, it was just one of those things where his grandpa saved him and did, did it by doing something incredible. So it just left a huge imprint on him where he's like, that's what I want to do. And eventually he just ran away.
2: Was there any inciting incident for running away?
0: Uh, I think it was probably him admitting to his parents that, um, he wanted to pursue this, uh, and it's, I think maybe it was like a, um, Uncle Owen and Aunt Rue situation where they know what happened to Cedric and they don't tell him, and that's why they're just like, you can't even become an elder and learn to use magic, like, you're, um, you know it'd be like a Luke Skywalker Darth Vader situation like we know what happened with that you know we don't do that in this family anymore
2: okay I like the idea too maybe like your kind of some of your natural latent abilities started to manifest a little bit once you got a little older too and you wanted to go with it wanted to become like granddaddy and yeah, they, I think. They didn't want you to.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think. And he was probably even willing to go through and become an elder and like start that process of training to go into it the official way. And, and they said no to that, too. And he's like, okay, if you're not going to let me do it the right way, I'm just going to do it <laughs> the way I want to do it.
2: And the cult elders denied him the chance or the path to becoming. A village mystic. Cool. Uh, Was there someone specifically who expelled you from the university or caught you? Uh, I would... Let me get back to you on that. Okay. Um, Because I want to use a specific person, but I I don't remember the name. From the university? Oh, from the university. Mm -hmm. Like a specific professor or uh, member of the Council of Elders that, like caught you in the act that re- that revealed you to the rest of the elders and then expelled you?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it would be like, it'd be an elder, you know, so like, um, Elder Pythes or something, and he was the one who, like, thought I was arrogant and kind of kept his eye on me, and then he's the one who proved, like, at a hearing that was held that I had been faking these spells using illusion spells and making it appear as if I was using these spells through some like practical effects and illusion spells cool uh, in order to kind
2: of gain more knowledge
3: so exactly
2: (laughs) recently expelled from Hargrave University (laughs) come on the guy in the $500 suit It's an illusion, Sasha. Recently expelled from Hargrave University by Elder Pythes when he exposed Benjamin for faking magical powers above his ability level using illusions. Benjamin ran away from his home in Grimdune and the cult of the Night Lantern to pursue magic when his natural magic abilities began to manifest and the cult elders denied him the path to become a village mystic. So, Hometown, Grimdune, slash, Arc City, not Arc City, Arkport. similar names. Okay, and uh, there is the the list of, sorry, I should have popped this up a lot earlier. Everyone should look at this. Did that hand up? Pop up, Allies, Contacts, Rivals yep everybody look through that list you can make up a new one but use the same kind of basic format A a name one sentence that gives an interesting fact about the person maybe sets up a little story ammunition and pick one who is your ally and why they were your ally or why you became friends and one who is your rival and why you became rivals minute to look at that. We can move on. Just get that first part for everybody. Make a second round. Why don't we do that? So Julie, I'm gonna take a break from allies, contacts, rivals. I'll give you a minute to do that in a second. Let's talk about Saja.
3: Okay. Saja.
2: Saja. Does she have a last name? Family name?
3: she probably will. I don't know that she often gives it. Um, She doesn't like her. Well, She doesn't know if she should take her family name. Like, you know, mm. they don't, they exiled her. So she's also kind of feels weird about it.
2: So she's a share type. Yes. One name. Uh, oh, a
3: share type. I thought that was like an actual word. <laughs> like a Madonna.
2: No, like a jewel. Yeah. You know,
3: a share type. Mm
2: hmm uh, what, uh yeah. what's her hometown area
3: i don't know i feel like that i i don't know i can tell you if i mean she's a barbarian and they are religious i guess salarian makes the most sense do you have to be rich to be Solarian worshipy
2: no i mean there's definitely lowborn people in Solaria.
3: well they don't have to be from Solaria, but just like they worship the sun god
2: I mean that is everywhere in in this place.
3: Okay, cool. So yeah, um, I don't know yet. Probably more like nomadic style barbarian crew.
2: Okay. Is there an area like dunes or like canyon lands? Like, there's these canyon land areas up here.
3: Can we do like there's north hills? Like, yeah, like north of, like northwest of Elmard? Like, what's this little? Thing up in the Rune Wood. There's a river. There's like a little token up there, but it doesn't do anything. Like maybe up in this in the Rune Wood area is where they mostly are.
2: Which token are you talking about?
3: This one. That. Yeah. Hang on, it's not doing that. This one.
2: Cave Rock. Can you not see the name of it?
3: No, but that's okay.
2: Huh, you should be able to. Oh no.
3: Maybe, maybe I just need to zoom in. Uh,
2: I mean, that's a big town. That's like a big town. You could definitely be there or just like from the Runewood in general.
3: Yeah. I just think from the Runewood in general, like close enough to the town that they can get shit that they need.
2: Like Eastern Runewood area would make more sense if you like over here somewhere.
3: Yes. That's perfect.
2: okay background
3: uh so she is uh, th- this sun worshiping uh barbarian group is her family is from there they uh it's something that's they don't like to be different it's very much like fit in kind of thing don't stand out don't be special just fit in keep your head down and get your work done uh, they don't uh, like celebrate being like, trying to stand out. So she uh, had a, like, barbarian, you know, was, like, always a little bit more talented, I think, and kind of had to try to hold back. Uh, She really wanted to show off, but tried not to do that because it was frowned upon. And then when she had her coming-of-age ceremony, something, there was a phenomenon, phenomena that happened, and uh, led the tribe to think that she's like a bad omen or cursed or you know like they don't want her around anymore so she has been exiled and has spent like the last i'm gonna say like six or seven years kind of um searching for people who like she has questions and she wants to know like what happened or why it happened so she's like looking for answers uh
2: okay um so my first question is what did her family do when she was a child as in like what was their trade or were they just like basic? Cause I know they're like somewhat nomadic, but were they, did they have a role within their village? Like the hunters, the skinners, the builders.
3: Yeah. I think that it was a lot of, um, like foraging and hunting. Sure. Like pelts, maybe her, um, dad also had a knack for taxidermy and it was like something that he would do, uh, but mostly just, like, pelts and, yeah. Foraging. Okay.
2: A nomadic tribe. Did you decide what uh, the actual phenomenon is going to be? Uh,
3: yeah, I think it would probably... I, I mean, are there volcanoes here?
2: Not in the Runewood. I think that would not make much sense.
3: Well, I, I think that it probably is uh, maybe, like, a, even a dust storm or, like, whatever... a. Desert tornado situation. Oh, wait,
2: that's cool! Yeah, like a
3: like a sand cyclone, a
2: sand twister.
3: Yeah. Is there a and word for that? I bet there is.
2: Dust uh, devil. Dust devil. Yeah. yeah. But this was like a massive one, right? Slash sandstorm. Yeah, storm. I actually
3: think that it might have been multiple, like the night of these, the you know, dust devils, where there may have been multiple ones that kind of got whipped up so it normally they don't last very long and it just kind of felt like it went on and on and on and that is what happened that uh it was supposed to be her coming of age and due to this weather phenomena it blocked out the sun and they felt like that was you know a day of darkness is never a day that you want to be getting your wings
2: Okay, I'm typing here, sorry.
3: That's totally fine. I'm looking at desert weather phenomena. Um, did you know that under the right conditions, an avalanche in the desert can cause a 100 decibel singing sound which is a feedback loop of collision, so like sand dunes can sing that might be a cool thing to- that's cool
2: so I feel like this area up here is a little I mean it's still deserty but it's more like high desert scrub desert it's not so much just sand like there's plant life and animal life because it borders a really lush forest right it's like not till you get really further southeast or hitting like mesas and dunes so much
3: well I'm fine with I really had not thought it one second about the location until you just asked me. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not married to any of them. I think
2: this works great. I actually like that it's like the border between the forest and like this high desert, and I think that makes a dust slash sandstorm even more scary for those people. It's not because it's not really quite as dusty there. So when something like that happens, it's really like what the fuck. But just kind of clueing you into the location a little bit. Like I feel like this is kind thank of you hilly what they call high desert more like what you see in Colorado
3: okay cool and I think it's called a haboob maybe that's not how you say it H-A-B-O-O-B but that's like a wall of dust and sand that is like a storm is another thing that happens that might be like a cool just these things do happen is what I'm trying to say
2: definitely Here's the kind of desert I'm kind of thinking of, in that area. Do I have a little image button? Yeah, boom. Dropped it in roll twenty chat. You know, there's like a lot of plant life still, but it is hot and dry. And hilly. Yeah.
3: Like. Uh, and I think that's. Good.
2: West Kansas.
3: Yeah. Montana. Yeah. Wyoming. Maybe. Yeah, I like that because it fits in with um, you know, herbs and foraging and that kind of stuff too.
2: So also was your tribe like anti-magic, like a uh, sorcerophobic or arc- arcanophobic phobia?
3: Yeah, I think that they didn't embrace magic. Uh I I think that it was anything that was not typical run of the mill, like just being very normal was exactly what was encouraged her in this like it was a culture of that like don't stand out like don't try to show off but also magic is definitely a uh, a like someone thinks they're very special if they're magic like oh you're special you're magic so I think that was another thing that kind of looked down on it
2: what, um, you're, what you're describing by the way reminds me a lot of Danish people I don't know if you know much about the Danish culture but that no. that is exactly how they are they are they like to aim for mediocrity, for going with the flow. Like, thinking you're special or talented is looked on as, like, a character flaw there.
3: Awesome. Yes. I, I don't know anything about that, but I'm going to read it. That's oh. kind of how I feel, is, like, they just want to, like, be a hard worker, but don't be make a big deal about it either.
2: I think it's Danish or maybe Holland... One of those cultures is like that. Cool. Uh, So I put... Saja grew up in a hunting and foraging family amongst her nomadic tribe. During her coming-of-age ceremony, her tribe's encampment was struck by a massive sandstorm and a destructive dust devil that blacked out the sun for a period of time. Her tribe saw this as a a bad omen and exiled her due to their magiphobia...
3: Yeah, and I think that she was, like, maybe she has, like, an older sibling, like a brother, who isn't there, so, like, it would just be her parents and her, so there wasn't any, her parents were not gonna, like, stand up for her because they didn't want to get exiled, and her brother is, like, gone off to do something at that time, maybe on a mission with some of the other men and women, so, like there's not even that like she doesn't even get to say bye and there's nobody there like he maybe would have bought for her but he wasn't there
2: does the brother character have a name name in mind
3: Mm. uh and deal no um (laughs) i don't know i i'll think of something i don't know
2: here's some elmorian names if you're thank you looking
3: What about, oh, wait, I don't want to use the names similar. I was, I thought of a name I like, but it's very sim, I thought of the name Arjun, like A-R-J-U-N, but Mm -hmm. is that too similar? I don't think so. Okay.
2: Okay. Cool, that's good, I, I like it a lot. A R J U N, right? Yep. Cool. All right, moving right along to Tihatama. This one, I'm very, oh. I'm very interested in what's happened here.
4: Well, unfortunately, I don't really have much right now, so
2: that's okay. You, you don't have to have a ton, um, but we can also always brainstorm a little, or, or come back, or do it next time too.
4: Yeah, so I guess what I have so far is and from my understanding of this world from previously that uh lizard folk are typically uh age very quickly, right? hmm So I was assuming that uh, Tiatama would probably be about three years old. Okay. Three three or four. Um, born from the Sanguinox spawning pools, like within the last couple of years, um, it was born um, <clears throat> from a brood that spawned uh, during some sort of like holy day, a sacred brood, if you will. I see. Um, and uh, maybe that those that are born from that that brood are said to be able to maybe commune or are drawn. Or draw strength from the the Sun Dreamer, so they're uh, said to to be closer to whatever aspect I come up with for for the Sun Dreamer. Um, but maybe the Pilgrims uh, consumed like the smaller members of the Brood, and uh, Tia Tama happened to uh, not be eaten, <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have so far.
2: Cool. But I have a good question. This might help you spawn. Get it more of an uh, of a story there. I really like the idea that the smaller, weaker lizards in the in the brood lizardlings were eaten.
4: I was trying to go with like sanguine, kind of like yeah, you know.
2: Uh, I'm going to say we're consumed as a sacrifice by the parentage slash pilgrims. I like the idea, what if Tihatama was one of the smaller ones, but he did something unique that caused them to spare him kind of deal?
4: Yeah, I mean, I was I was uh, thinking that he was going to be one of the smaller ones, but I hadn't come up with like a good idea as to why... Uh, he did not. Maybe it was that uh, he's purple. Maybe that was like a mark that he should not be consumed.
2: Mm. Yeah, I like that. Maybe they think the Sundreamer is a purple lizard kind of thing.
4: Maybe the purple lizards are the uh, uh, the closest to becoming a dragon. <laughs> oh. I don't know.
2: I like that like a myth that they kind of revere, like some ancient purple dragon type thing. Cool, I like that. What led him, do you have any idea what led him to part from his people and become a traveling shaman?
4: Um, I do not at this point. I would think it would probably be some sort of, like, spiritual journey. Um, but I'll... Okay. Okay. That's, I like yeah, that I'll like have...
2: could be his coming of age kind of thing even yeah um, here's what I wrote for now for his background. I think that's pretty good which came up with honestly um, uh, three-year-old tiha was spawned as a sacred lizardling on a specific holy day at the red pools of Sanguinact. Which is people believe caused him to, sorry, which is people believe caused him to be imbued with the powers of the sun. The smaller and weaker lizardlings in the brood were consumed as a sacrifice by the parentage and pilgrims there. Tihatama was among these, but his unique purple coloring reminded his people of an ancient dragon myth that they hold sacred, and so he was spared. How does that, sound?
4: that sounds fine. Sweet.
2: I have a lizard question. Lizard hour is over. Save it for next session.
4: <laughs>
0: what do the lizards call themselves? Because they didn't call themselves lizard people, I wouldn't mean, think.
1: Mm, they just call themselves people.
2: <laughs> I think we actually had a word for it.
4: Yeah, I think there is one. I you would
2: just... think there would be
0: like a respectful term. That they that they preferred amongst themselves, hmm. and lizard people just like they look like lizards. People, lizard people.
2: Uh, let me double check and see if we had something for that real quick, Scott. If not, you can absolutely make something up. Uh, okay. I just wanted to see if we had a handout.
4: Which that actually brings up another question that I meant to ask you: Do they have their own like specific language?
2: I think so. Yeah. Just, you know, lizard or reptilian or whatever. Whatever you would like to call it. You can come up with that. But yeah, I imagine they have their own specific type of talk. Let's see here. Handouts. Is there an MTC's handout?
3: I don't know if you guys have had a lot of lizards but i used to work at a pet store in the reptile section and uh chinese water dragon if you put your fingers over its eyes and flip it on its back it'll like play possum uh that's a funny thing about lizards that i'm imagining <laughs> for your character
2: <laughs> i like that
4: Hopefully. i for the longest time wanted to get uh, some water dragons but my uh, mom would never let me <laughs> <laughs> I understand why, because we're already a handful, but it would have been super cool.
2: I had a Beardy at one point, I had a Ball Python, and I had a Veiled Chameleon, which are not good pets.
3: I love Euromastics, that's the one to get.
2: I like Euromastics too. uh, Beardies make really good pets, and if you're going to have a snake, Ball Pythons are pretty, pretty good ones. Let's see. Okay. Let me just check these handouts I pulled in real fast just to see if there was something in here. Ah, Latzu. That's what they call themselves. Yeah. Nice. Erskine the Latzu.
4: We never found Erskine.
2: Nope. After oh, our those Skine. fateful
4: days. <laughs> RIP. He's long. He's probably long dead now.
2: I fucked you guys up way too hard the first time. And then you were just too scared to ever go back. <laughs> we we did <laughs> we did go
4: back and we got fucked up again. <laughs> was... Yeah, they were
2: just they were tough.
1: I still remember. I still think about sometimes we had to cross that like gap. And your, like, level zero character somehow got across, like, completely blind. No, like, rope or anything. Just, like, shimmying.
4: <laughs> That's that why crazy. I ended up playing. And I was super lucky. Like, whenever we went to our... uh basically get ourselves killed in that battle and <laughs> we end up <laughs> barely barely, barely pulling through
2: you guys had some really really fun sessions like w- those are some of the best one-shot sessions i've ever run i feel like, like yeah you were yeah. good we had some like real, real butt clenchers yeah i
1: remember <laughs> the the fight against the general thank you yeah. general
4: the fire lady. I
1: yeah, God, yeah,
2: that was awesome. It was like a whole regiment of like fire throwing like warrior mages. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, use up all our like special items and stuff. Yeah, okay. I think that was the last match I played.
2: But yeah, let's move on here. Um, Becky, Luanne. do you have any ideas for Luann's background, like uh, what she did before she became a thief, or what her family did?
5: So I was thinking that Luann was raised like pretty wealthy, <clears throat> and that her family was maybe like fur traders or something like that. Um, cool.
2: Were they? Would you say wealthy to the point of being considered what we call goldborn, like the the almost noble merchant class, like basically the really rich people?
5: Well, I wasn't wasn't entirely sure how to understand the breakdown, but because I wanted her to be, like, from a wealthy family, but she also, like, married, like, hot, uh, she married up.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Well, so, the highest is, like, people who have that title because of blood. Like, you know, their dad was a a duke or whatever, you know what I mean, kind of thing. And then they become, like, a noble. And then, like, mm-hmm. then there's the goldborn, which are kind of nobles, but they don't have the blood, like, the birthright nobility, so they're still not considered, like, Quite as high. So you could have married like an actual blood born noble kind of deal. Like married yeah, into, in, into a slightly noble family.
5: Yes, but she's not currently still with him.
2: Okay, cool. I like that. So born into a rich gold born family of fur traders, is there a last name or a family name that you were considering?
5: Yes, but I don't know yet. Are those names you shared first names?
2: They could be either.
5: Okay, I'll look at them.
2: Okay. And those are just suggestions. You can come up with other ones, too.
5: hmm
2: Okay, cool. So, born into a rich gold-born family of fur traders and married up into a high-born family to a noble name. Do you have a name for this asshole?
5: Um, I don't have any names yet.
2: Okay, that sounds... That's fine named blank for now and why did she end up leaving this guy for a life of thievery
5: um because she caught him with some like young girl lady
2: i see caught him messing around Ooh, this is fucking good this is juicy uh, this, this is what I like. like usually I usually have to be like, "No, let's have something juicier." You know what I mean? But I really, really don't need to. Uh, left him when she caught him messing around. Was this lady maybe like a lowborn, like a maid, or like what's the most insulting thing, like person he could be messing around with? You know what I mean?
5: Um, I would definitely say they were like a lowborn, but they were also much younger than her. I mean, like, legal, but, you know. like Yeah, sure. He's, like, early 40s, if that's okay for a human in this game. Yeah, totally.
2: Especially a rich person. Um mm-hmm. So... But left him when she caught him messing around with, like, a younger servant girl. Mm-hmm. We'll say, like, early 20s. So... Was the leaving him kind of thing, like, your really only choice was just to, like, leave the rich life behind because he was... So,
5: basically, her family um was, like, not only expected her to stay, but to, like, kind of own it, it like, take accountability for his uh straying. Mm-hmm. And she was basically, like, I don't need you i don't need him like i'm gonna make a life for myself on my own and so she went out and started adventuring and um also doing some entertaining in between
2: i think it might be might be fun if on your way out you like did your first big thief to him you're like, fuck it. Like, if my family's not going to back me up and he's going to be like this, like, I'm just going to take his
5: crown and leave. Oh, 100%. She stole from him.
2: Nice. What did you, yes. st- what did you steal? Was it a crown or like something like that? Or like a,
5: I think it would have been jewelry for sure. And then probably just some sort of like, um, Do guns exist?
2: The primitive guns do. And it would definitely be something a rich person would have.
5: Yeah, there would be, like, some sort of antique family heirloom gun that um, is nicknamed Martin <laughs> that she she also took.
2: Maybe his, like, grandfather's pistol kind of thing. His, like, Duke grandfather.
5: Yes, definitely been passed down.
2: Pistol. Nickname. It's, like, fancy. Martin, yeah, I like that. It's got, like, scroll work and, like, ivory handle kind of thing going on. Right. <laughs> Nice, very good. Okay, so born into a rich goldboard family of fur traders and married up into a highborn family to a noble named Blank, but left him when she caught him messing around with a younger servant girl, early 20s. Luann's family expected her to stay in her shame of a marriage and accept her husband's infidelity, maybe to like keep his fortune like kind of propping your family up kind of deal
5: definitely the family was riding on the fact that i married up so yeah. their fur trading situation i think uh, also benefited so they really wanted that maintained
2: and, at all costs yeah and benefits to their business so <clears throat> Uh, Luanne's family expected her to stay in her sham of a marriage and accept her husband's infidelity to keep his fortune and the benefits to their business. Instead, Luanne stole his family jewels as well as his Duke's grandfather's as well as his Duke of a grandfather's pistol, nicknamed Martin, and left them all behind to begin a life of adventuring and crime, noise. What? City. Any cities on the map catching your eye where this may have taken place? All the cities along the coast are, like, big and rich.
5: Yeah, um, I wasn't sure. Maybe the, what is that one called? It just says a wealthy city. Hmm.
2: Oh, is the name not showing?
5: Uh, I'm trying to see if I zoom in more. That might be why. Solaria.
2: A wealthy city with a massive crystal tower?
5: Yeah, that one.
2: Okay, Solaria. Cool. Perfect. Have you had a chance to find an ally and rival from the list yet?
5: Yeah, I did. Um, I was thinking that her ally would be Orphelia because of her kind of connections with some, like, highborns. She's an orc princess running from her arranged mar- arranged marriage.
2: Ooh, that's cool.
5: I figured they met at some, you know, event or events in the past. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, and then the what rival.
2: Um, let's say became friends. Maybe by bonding over the fact that you both had shitty husbands.
5: Oh, for sure. Okay.
2: Maybe, like, Um, maybe she kind of confided in you that she was about to go on the run at that time.
5: Or at least that she really seemed unhappy, yeah. And your rival? Um, I was thinking that my rival would be Endra, the foreigner serving as an endangered servant to the reclusive count or to a reclusive count. I thought maybe um, Endra like, worked in a house that she lived in at one point earlier on and maybe she wasn't so great
2: was she like older um, older than Luann kind of thing?
5: Um, is it a female? Uh it can be, yeah. Um, well, yes, I expect I did think that they would be older. I don't know why I pictured it as a male. I guess it could be a female. It could be either. Yeah, I was thinking it would be a man. Like, I don't know.
2: What specifically did he do to like make him not like you and you not like him kind of deal
5: um I think that she when she was married um and maybe even before was very comfortable in her privilege and I think that she just wasn't very kind to help i see and i think that she isn't um in that place anymore but she certainly has some tendencies that are very deep-seated gotcha
2: so like before you kind of learned about the hardships of the real world you just like treated him like less than kind of deal often
5: I think I think not necessarily all the time like you said before like there's a gray not not necessarily Mm -hmm. a black and white like I think there were like parts of her that were but there were parts of her that that were just you know spoiled and selfish and she had to learn some lessons after she left
2: cool I like that great really good which brings us to Alvaro.
4: Can I interrupt for a second? Yeah, of course. I wanted to post these uh, in the chat. Well, I, I guess I don't need to now. Uh, sorry, my brain's in the organ. I forgot and to do Yeah, I forgot to do that. That's
2: all right. I was kind of like circling back to most people to give more time, but I figured since Becky was like fourth in line, she'd probably already had some time. So I just went ahead. But I'll, we'll circle back. I still got to do pretty much everyone's allies and rivals. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Almost done here, though. So we got Alvaro, who is a paladin, right? Yes. Yeah, I think... um, Oh, what? And do you have a hometown idea?
1: I don't know about hometown, but I think that he is probably from Venka. Okay. But I think that one of his parents is from Tridia. I think that I'm imagining him as kind of an older guy. Like, not old, but like, kind of probably like late 30s, early 40s.
2: Okay. Is it the mother or the father that's Tridian?
1: I'd say father. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'd say his father's Tridian. I think that's why he has like a Tridian name. Cool. Um, I think that he's probably lived most of his life in Venka, but he grew up like hearing stories about Tridia from his dad. And so he's got like this. Really, I think like he's very new. I think he has this, like, um... Very romantic ideal of what Tridia is. Kind of like Don Quixote style. Sure. Of, like, he's, like, you know, has these great ambitions. And, you know, grew up, you know, with his dad's faith. And hearing all, all these stories of, like, his dad that may or may not be true. <laughs> um... I think he just has, like, this very, like, childlike, kind of naive view of what Tridia is like. And so he's gone there to, like, kind of live out his fantasy.
2: Okay, cool. Of riches and... In... So here's what I put. An older man who grew up in Venka with a Tridian father who believed his father's tall tales of riches in religion. Yeah. In the yeah. land of Tridia. Was there, like, an inciting incident or something that made you leave Venka? Maybe even, like, just the death of his father kind of deal?
1: Yeah, I think it was probably like a like a perfect storm of things. Like definitely his his death of his father. I think he probably you know was probably working like a study job somewhere. What was he and, What was
2: he doing? Any ideas?
1: Um, I think it was probably like for some reason a printer came to mind. Cool, I like that. Or like he's an yeah. illi- he's an
2: illiterate printer.
1: Yeah, like I think I think that he was like doing like the dumb labor of you know.
2: No, I love that. It's actually got like kind of a beautiful irony. Yeah. It's that's a very like feels very medieval to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, like, he, did, he he doesn't know, like, what he's, you know, what what books he's printing. He's just, he just knows how
2: to do it. Ooh, that's interesting. Maybe he was printing, like, fucking Vencan propaganda the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So after the death of your father and the loss of your job, you're just like, fuck it. I'm going to become a traveling knight. I'm going to Tridia to strike the Yeah,
1: like, hedge knight. Yeah, I'm going to go to Tridia. I'm going to, like, you know find, you know, find, yeah, Strike It Rich, I'm gonna find, like, I'm, 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 I think, I feel like he's divorced. He probably has, like, a kid, you know?
2: Like, left your kid and just went.
1: Yeah, like, I think he's got, like, probably, like, an adult kid, like, sure. 18, 20, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, he, he just decided to leave, pack, you know, pack, you know, sell all his belongings, buy some armor.
2: So, can we say your kid is, is it a son or a daughter?
1: Uh, I say daughter.
2: Okay. Let's say 18... Year-old daughter behind. Got a name idea for her?
1: Not at the moment. Okay. No and worries. honestly, my my, I'm 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 flagging, so I might not be able to come up with it tonight. That's alright. Maybe I can
2: pick one from the yeah name. I just put a blank in. I think that pretty much covers you though. An older man who yeah. grew up in Venka with a Tridian father, who believed his father's tall tales of riches. And religion in the land of Tridia. After the death of his father and the loss of his job in a printer shop, he decided to become a hedge knight in search of riches. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he
1: probably yeah, I feel like he probably like it was probably a lot of other things too. Just like a bunch of shit was going wrong in his life, and he just kind of snapped. Like I I imagine he was like kind of a normal guy before all this happened, like you know, and then his dad died, lost his job, you know, probably like estranged from his wife and daughter mm-hmm. you know just getting you like shit on everywhere he turns and he just kind of snapped and just kind of was like fuck it I'm gonna you know live out my dreams
2: love it really good so we'll say hometown Venka
1: good. yeah somewhere in Venka you know some city dope
2: any ideas for rivals and allies yet
1: yeah I was gonna say an ally maybe Dirk um, the street dealer Okay, I think that he probably like on one of his first, like one of his first couple weeks in Tridia, he was just like you know wandering around and he saw Dirk getting like harassed by you know some older, you know, thugs trying to shake him down or whatever, and he just like you know came in, blustered, scared him off. Nice, you know, had a big big suit of armor, did
2: a little White Knight moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And basically, Dirk probably sees that he's like an easy mark and so gets him to, you know, be like his muscle.
2: (laughs) I like that. And and he's none the
1: wiser. He just thinks, you know, he's just like protecting this kid. I imagine he's very... Like, a very simple view of the world. Like, I think he's probably pretty savvy most times, but I think he has a very simple view of the world and very trusting of people.
2: Sure, I love that. Like, Dirk immediately made you, like, oh, this virtuous fool is going to be, like... Yeah, exactly. Very useful for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And then for Rival?
1: Yeah, I was thinking... I'm not sure. I was thinking maybe... Oh, where was she? Mun champion gladiator ooh that's cool I'm not sure I think maybe like I think maybe like Mun lives the life that he wants like fame, fortune you know gets whatever she wants fighting you know for honor and glory or so he believes and maybe one time you know he's like been going to pit fights trying to bet you know make some money and stuff betting on her And maybe, like, one time he got to beat, like, his hero. (laughs) And she just, like, brushed him off.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: You know? And he was just, like... Now he just, like, fucking hates her.
2: That's great. Let me type this in.
1: He feels like she's, like, squandering everything that she has (laughs)
2: that's hilarious (laughs) i really like this character he's very colorful um i put mun a wealthy junk trader's daughter turned champion gladiator mun lives the life of glory and fortune that alvaro wishes to have alvaro got a chance to compliment and talk to her after a high profile fight but she not only brushed him off but was extremely rude yeah yeah alvaro has never forgiven her (laughs) yeah just holding like this
1: Huge grudge. I like the idea
2: that she doesn't, isn't really even aware of it. You know what I no. mean? No, <laughs> she
1: has no idea who he is. Uh, that's great. All right. If they ever cross paths, he's just gonna, like, you know, like, lose, like um, lose his shit on her. <laughs> yeah, she'll just be like, What the fuck is your problem?
2: <laughs> Love it. Very good, dude. Um, all right, let's circle back around to these last allies and rivals. We'll probably just have time to do these allies and rivals, but I feel like your past adventures is something good we can talk about in chat over the next week.
1: Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm probably going to dip. Oh. I am very sleepy.
2: Yeah, all good, man. It's it's about that time. we got, like, 13 minutes left. so Awesome.
1: Right. Cool. I will see you all next week.
2: Yeah, hopefully. Uh, will I be here next week? Yeah, I should be, if you guys are. Hell yeah. I'll right. be here. All right, we'll talk in chat. Right. See you, man. All right, bye. Bye. Um, Benjamin, did you think of allies and rivals? Uh, Yeah, I was going to go with Olaf, the
0: grizzled teamster for hire with a custom crossbow as my ally. Okay. And I think he's just somebody who I have... Uh, we're not necessarily good buddies, but he's somebody who I have uh, worked with um, to solve some uh, problems since I've been...
2: You've hired him to solve problems? Yeah, I've I've hired him to solve problems. What kind of problems?
0: Like, uh... I'm uh, conflict prone, I would think. Uh,
2: So... Maybe, like, scare some people away that were...
0: Yeah, just, you know, I would get in trouble with the wrong people, and I would need muscle for a variety of situations. And I would say that I probably... Um, pay him back with, you know, arcane knowledge that if he needs something. Like if I could be of help too, it's a it's a reciprocal re- reciprocal relationship that probably began with me hiring him to solve my uh, uh personal
2: problems. I like that. So I put. Benjamin has hired Olaf to scare some street toughs that Benjamin inadvertently insulted. Benjamin often pays Olaf with arcane knowledge and magical favors. And arrival? Uh,
0: I went with Ylingert. Uh, it's an assistant to the abusive Grand Zahir of Elmar, who stays by promise of learning magic.
2: All right, I was thinking Elingart. Uh,
0: Elengart? That's probably closer.
2: (laughs) Cool. How did you become rivals with Elengart?
0: So, I think um, after leaving Arkport, he probably went to Elmar. And in Elmar he um, was was desperate for a position um, and tried to get in with the Grand uh, Sahir's Arcane uh, group uh, who did alchemy and did had like a training program and stuff for that, and then she was really cruel to him. Was like, you do not have what it takes. We have no use for someone like you. It was very rude.
2: Cool. So. After leaving Arkport, uh, Benjamin headed to Elmar to get a position among the Order of Sahir at the Shining Tower. Um, where maybe, like, they did a little tryout and you, like, kind of embarrassed yourself kind of thing. And she, like, let you know how embarrassing it was. I see a situation
0: where I'm, like, doing jobs that are menial and, like, really anybody can do that not magical. And, like, I'm try. She's, like, the person I've got to go through to be, do more meaningful work and actually get trading, and she just never gives me the time of day. So it's kind of an ongoing thing where um, I'm continually being rejected. She's like the gatekeeper, and I can't really show my true potential because she has such a personal dislike for me.
2: Um, I like that. So I put after leaving Arkport, Benjamin headed to Elmar to get a position among the Order of Sahir at the Shining Tower. After weeks of menial jobs for the Order, Ilengart continues to deny him and question his magical potential, mostly due to her dislike of him. Personal dislike of Perfect. him. Perfect. Yep. Exactly. Okay, Julie, you're technically next, but I feel like Scott is tired, so I'm going to skip to Scott really fast <laughs> first. Um, Scott, you have an ally on arrival?
4: Yeah, and this will be quick because I, I need to flush out a lot more. But uh, for Rival, I chose Magslander. Okay. Uh, a gun-wielding Kingsguard member who hates non-humans. I felt that that was a pretty easy <laughs> choice. Um, he hates me because I'm a lizard. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was trying to think of a good reason why Tiha would be an Elmar, uh-huh. um, which I'll have to come up with later. But I figured... You know, for whatever reason, uh, Tiotama was in Elmar, and he doesn't have a good understanding of, like, human social status. hmm And somehow, whether it was, like, entering into, like, an off-limits, like, area, or, or just doing something that, like, a normal citizen just, like, wouldn't do, and it happened to be in the presence of Mag's Lander, um, like, a larger uh, conflict.
2: Sure. Like, Maybe even just, it like... came out of it. You try to go into the castle markets, which are just, like, off-limits to anyone who's not gold-born or high-born. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe, like, that or, like, a temple or, or something like that. And I, I pictured it more as, like, a one-side rivalry where, like, Magslander hates Tia, but, like, he doesn't even know who the guy is. <laughs> like, it was a one-sided impression. If that makes sense. yeah. But I'll have to work on it later. No, that's pretty good.
2: Know. That's pretty good. I put, uh, uh, uh Mags hates Tiha after a misunderstanding in the castle markets. Um, he hates Tiha, and Tiha doesn't understand why they cannot be mutually beneficial friends. <laughs> you have an ally idea?
4: Yeah, Indra, and that was, uh, a spice trader and Madame to a traveling harem. Oh, there's um, and... there's
2: two different people named Indra just spelled differently I'm noticing. I'm going to ch- Yes, this. I'm going to change okay. the name of your Indra to uh, Lerna instead. L E R N A. Sorry about that. Okay. And how did you become allies?
4: Um I think it was probably just be like a matter of convenience. Um So he would have, like, met her during, like, his travels. Um, And maybe they bonded over, like... uh, Tia's, like... Not even, like, rejection of, like, normal society, but just, like, being, like, a carefree spirit. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, the environment is harsh, and most people that Tia would have ran into are even more harsh, so this was just a nice way of gaining some, like, protection while traveling. Um, yeah, and maybe he shared some sort of, like, knowledge that most people don't know, that only Lizardmen would know. Um Yeah, I feel like you could like,
2: even maybe have just, like, offered some healing, like, out in the middle of nowhere, you know what I mean? Yeah.
4: Some sort of, like... Maybe it was, like, a a bug or a plant or something that you could collect some, like, medicinal, like, aloe from or something like that.
2: Nice. Tia showed how to cure her harem of (laughs) some sort of sexually transmitted disease. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say, Tia showed her um, some healing ways by way of a rare insect... Can be turned to a quick medicine on the road. Cool, very good. Um, love it. And then thank you for waiting, Julie. Sorry. Um, oh, all good. How about you?
3: Uh I was thinking for a friend or ally, um Selm, a pirate who is the sole survivor of her wrecked ship. Uh I was thinking maybe she came upon the ship. Wreckage and, like, found her as a survivor. Not saved her life or anything like that, like, but just she kind of feels, like, similar. They're kind of kindred. Although she's not the sole survivor of a wrecked ship, they're kind of alone together. Cool. And they just kind of, you know, she basically keeps uh Saja from, like, dying immediately when she goes out on her own. And maybe she learns a little bit of pirate shit.
2: So. Sanja found her after, uh, found her alone. Let's say wandering alone. After her shipwreck. And the two found kinship and having a traveling partner and someone to keep company. When alone in the wilderness. Does that sound good?
3: Yeah, it sounds perfect.
2: Cool. Rival?
3: Yeah, so I was actually, if I can make one, I thought of the name, like, Malil, I think was a name on there. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking a person from the, is it Hargrove? Hargrave? hmm Like a... Um, scholar or someone who is like a graduate of their, like an intellectual person to sure. be her rival. And it's someone who she had, you know, she's kind of seeking answers and like wants to know what happened. And this, she found this Malil person and they told her basically a form of the truth that she just doesn't want to hear. And so she like hates this person because they're basically like, uh, it was all random and it had nothing to do with that. And just they kind of gave her She doesn't believe that. I don't think she wants... I think she wants to think it's something bigger. So she has this rivalry for this person. Because also she can't read or write.
2: I like that. So Hargrave researcher who insists on a natural explanation for... Saja's dark omen?
3: Yeah, totally. And like, even if that is true, like, she can't accept that. Because that would suck.
2: The truth that Saja cannot accept... Because it would mean the worst.
3: Yeah, she's exiled for no reason. It's
2: outcome just concerning her family and tribe.
3: Yeah, big point of contention, I would say. She's like looking for her to help, and then she ends up just crushing her.
2: Cool, I like that a lot. Cool, we have a pretty flesh out party. I'm gonna make my little GM log. Here, I'm just gonna copy and paste this all into... In the journal tab where your character sheets are, I'll add a note for you guys. It's just called the party. And I will Thank you. put all that information in there. There you go. In case you wanna read back on any of the party members' stuff. All right, thanks for staying late, guys. That was a really good session zero. Now I'm super freaking stoked to get the adventure started.
0: Absolutely, I'm excited. Are we going to do a, our um, make-up-an-adventure in chat?
2: Yeah, we'll just do that in chat throughout the week because we're pretty much at our stopping time now. We had, we had a nice long session, and Ryan peaced out, which is fine. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, that's. I feel like that's the thing we can definitely kind of it'll give us something fun to get excited in, about in chat and talk about over the week Hell yeah. for next week. Everybody think they'll be good for next Tuesday? Yeah. I Are we good so. Beck. It is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, but I should be just chilling at home. I think so.
5: Yeah, I think I should be good.
2: Cool. We can chat about it more, but I hope so. Cause I'm super excited. <clears throat>
4: I should be good as well. I think I'm either, yeah, I think I'll be traveling Wednesday afternoon.
2: Okay, cool. Well, oh, I that sounds good. Great job, everyone. I feel like we got a party now. Hell yeah.
4: Cool, cool. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited.
2: Thanks for being patient during all the everybody's turn um, and everything. Absolutely. It was great. I loved it. Me too. I
3: love these. Yeah.